Welcome back to Out of the Rough, a fantasy golf podcast brought to you by We Know Fantasy. My name is Nate with We Know Fantasy, and today I'm joined by Lenny. Lenny, how we doing? A little sad. We're done with the major season this year, but we're doing all right. We're ready to uh, to get on to uh, the 3M, the Olympics, and then we got WGC coming up. Yeah, and we also have the FedEx Cup and the Ryder Cup coming up this year yet, so... Some, well, some big great, events, yeah. Yeah, some great golf to look forward to. But like you said, majors are behind us until next season. So, uh, yeah, we have some uh, some just straight-up tournaments to go through us uh, right now. Before hopping to things, be sure to follow us on social media at Out of the Rough WK on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Follow us there. Visit WeKnowFantasy.com for some more fantasy sports content, including fantasy golf, baseball, basketball, football. You name it, the We Know Fantasy crew has you covered. All right, Lenny, I don't know if I should ask you how you did last week of the Open. I know things were a little rough for you. Um, you know, you yeah. went from extreme highs to some extreme lows. I don't know if if you're ready to talk about this yet or well, not. Yeah, so for the guys I picked on the podcast, we had a few good picks because it was Spieth and Rahm in two and three. But overall, my core plays this week were Spieth and Rahm, obviously. And then I played Louie and Kepka. Those were like my top four guys that I had in just almost every lineup. I had some sort of a combination because I went so chalk. I tried to go with some kind of other out there picks a little bit. And uh, it didn't work out well. Didn't work out well. Um, so we didn't have a great week overall. But uh, at least I can kind of say I had Spieth and Rom. But yeah, how about you, Nate? Yeah, I had uh, Colin Morikawa, as you guys know, is pretty much my guy. I, I can't really brag about him winning this week because I play him almost every week. So by default, if he does win, I, I'm looking good. If he doesn't, I'm not looking good. But yeah, Colin Morikawa was kind of the headline of my of my uh, play this week. I think it was like what, 9-2, 9-3 last week, and I had him in a lot of tournaments. Uh, Brooks Kepko is another guy I had in there. He was a T6. You know, Paul Casey, T15, and... You know, my other picks didn't do that well, but yeah, I won a few bucks here, but nothing to uh, write home about. Um, but yeah, like uh, Lenny said in the introduction, the majors are behind us. The Open was, uh, but you know, it was fun. Uh, like, you no, know, last day was kind of boring because we kind of knew exactly what was going to happen as, as Morikawa kind of just took the lead and just kind of, you know, you know, held it throughout the final day. But yeah. hey, it is what it is. I mean, yeah, it's great for Morikawa. I think if you just looked at the kind of the top of the leaderboard, um, you know, just a lot of really good ball strikers out there. Morikawa, Spieth, Rom, Louie. Um, weather didn't really factor too much. Uh, I mean, I'm happy for Morikawa. He's not someone I played, unfortunately, in a single lineup, um, which, which hurts. Uh, but, I mean, there was a very kind of exciting finish at least in the Barbasol championship I don't know if you watched it at all um but we had a Seamus Power win after being down four strokes winning in the playoff um made me at least happy with my one and done picks but yeah still the open it's major it's enjoyable to watch because you know they happen four times a year typically and you know it it is what it is. I'm not going to complain. I thought the tournament was fine, um, but you know, it didn't make too much money, so I, I will complain a little bit about that and about playing Stuart Sink. But uh, anyways, <laughs> let's move on. 
Yeah, we won't bring up Stort Sink anymore in this podcast. I know it's kind of a, a sour taste in the back of your mouth uh, from what happened over the weekend. But let's move on here. We have the 3M at the TPC Twin Cities here in Blaine, Minnesota. Yes, you read that right. Minnesota is where we'll be uh, traveling to this week. Let's see. There's only four events remaining to the, to qualify for the FedEx Cup. So we'll see a better field than normal following a major here. We don't have a, a, have a big major hangover, as they call it. Along with that, qualifying for the Ryder Cup is coming down to an end. Uh, right now, we kind of see more Kawa, Dustin Johnson, by, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepa, and JT there kind of locked in. Alexander Schofel has the last spot, but the likes of Jordan Spieth are just a few points behind him. Harris English, Patrick Cantlay, and Daniel Berger can also get in there. And if we want to go a little bit further down, Tony Finau and Patrick Reed can also get in with some great play down the stretch here. As for the 3M itself, we'll see a lot of birdies and eagles this this uh week and retrospect to uh um a pga tour this is an easy course i'm sure if i went on this this would not be an easy course but for them for professionals this is what we would deem an easy course uh beyond you know a high scoring affair we'll see 27 water hazards and 72 sand traps in play uh the tour's best approach golfers and putters will have a uh, leg up this week while uh strokes gain off the tee was the 2018 kind of key stat to follow. Wasn't that much of a, of a factor last year, but uh, the key to this course is be good with your irons, don't lose strokes off the tee, and uh, make your putts here on this bent green grass, or bet, bent grass greens, mix that up there. Uh, that's all it takes, really. It's very easy to say that, but we know how golf goes as both uh, uh, players of the game and fans of the sport. So avoiding the hazards will be big this week. As long as you can avoid those, you'll be in contention running down the uh, running down the, the stretch. You know, hitting one water hazard for a double bogey can really put you out of things. It's hard to come back from three strokes in a tournament where you'll see birdies and eagles left and right from a lot of the golfers. Uh, with some of the water populating the grounds, uh, like I said, one poor play can really put a golfer out of it. The course was lengthened over 300 feet from what we saw at the championship tour, which uh, they played there. The fairways have been narrowed, but they're also not that thin where it's like, you know, a troublesome to hit. Last year, I think golfers hit, what, 65% of the fairways, which is over the 62% of the PGA Tour when it comes to courses. The par threes are tough here, though. Uh, three of the four are over 204 yards. The par fours is really what to pay attention to. There's, what is there, two or 500? And there's five over 450 yards, and those are the five hardest holes on this course, those par fours over 450. And strokes gain approach, strokes gain off the tee, eagles gain and par fours, 450, 500 yards are key stats to follow. Lenny, anything to add here? Uh, you, you put it pretty well there. Kind of a couple of things I have is, the greens are slightly bigger than tour average, um, which I think you mentioned putting could be important here where it's not something we really focus on too many tournaments because all it takes is getting hot with a putter. Like we saw Morikawa this past week, kind of not a great putter, just gets hot and can you know carry that to a victory. Uh, but with the larger greens, you know, it, it can bring in a lot more three putts than we would normally see. So I think this is one of the few tournaments I look at putting a little bit. I'm not going to focus on it too much. But yeah, water is going to be definitely in play. I think on 15 holes, there's a chance um, for water to be in play. It's not like drastically in play in all of them, but 
good majority of them, there's water there. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, just being a good ball striker, good off the tee, uh, rough isn't too penile. It's thick, but it, it's just kind of your, your typical rough. It isn't like we saw the, the fescue or anything super long, super thick and deep, like in an open. Uh, you can play out of it. It's not ideal, obviously, but you can make it work. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know how to, it's kind of a run of the mill of course, if you were to describe it, but yeah, like you said, a lot of the, just the strike your ball well and avoid the hazards. And I guess you can kind of say that about every course, but here, especially, yeah. like you said, we'll see some, we'll see some low scores this week, you know, minus 20, some will win this week. So uh, if you're, if you're one for birdies and Eagles, this is the uh, tournament for you. All right, Lenny, let's hop into things here. We'll go through our uh, our plays here in retrospect to the dollar amounts. We'll start with ten thousand plus, and since Sean's not with us, I guess you have the honor of going first. So who's your ten thousand dollar plus play? Well, I appreciate that. I'll uh, take the first tee here. Uh, I'm going DJ eleven three. There isn't a lot of options here at the top. He is somebody like at the Northern Trust, I believe it was, where he was like thirty under par. We've seen him dominate some of the easier courses. And I know he's he's a top guy, which is I think all of us try to tend to avoid. But I think this is like three weeks in a row I'm going with the top guy, which I don't feel great about. Um, but just looking at the options above 10K, I don't feel confident in any other guys here. Louie in contention blows the lead again. He's probably used to it, so I don't think that's going to hold him down too much, but I mean, I don't know. Tony and Reed are very volatile. I I just I kind of just trust DJ better at these, you know, easier birdie fest courses. His approach game has definitely been improving lately and he's what, T8 at the open, so he's at least, you know, on I guess kind of a mediocre difficulty course played well um but yeah i kind of just had an easier course i trust dj more than i do louis tony or reed yeah i like that a lot we haven't seen you know dj this season come out and dominate a course yet uh you know he's always up there you know as one of the best golfers if not the best golfer in the world when he's on one on his game uh but yeah this is the week for him to to dominate things as we as we run down to the fedex and the rider I'm going Patrick Reed actually here at 10-3. My reason here is, uh, you know, we have this Ryder Cup coming up, and Reed's still in contention for this. I know he needs some help uh, to make it to, you know, some golfers ahead in the fall and him to really have a, a great stretch of run here. But, you know, he missed the cut last week at Royal St. George, and we, we've seen Reed show up in important uh, situations before, mainly 2018 Masters, where he came out of kind of the blue and, and uh, you know, had himself a great tournament and ended up winning it. I just think it's, uh, you know, he's kind of a guy that can kind of turn it on when it needs to be turned on, in my opinion. I think that's that's what exactly is going to happen here as he he fights for this Ryder Cup spot because, you know, uh, I'm not really a big Reed fan. I don't know if many people are, but I do want to see him on the Ryder Cup just for, uh, you know, that aspect of, of trash talking. And and uh, if we aren't going to see some trash talking, just like that uh, uh, subtle – uh, I don't know how to explain this, like, you know, stabs toward he, the other side. Yeah, he's just like a gutty player that I feel like when it it comes to kind of like a 1v1 or you're not necessarily playing the course, you're playing another guy. I feel like that's when he kind of shows up at the, like the very tough events where it's, 
you know like he's just a i don't know like a a grinder maybe is a good way to put it yeah i think grinder is a good term to describe reed and uh you know i love my statistics so he's t17 on tour and total eagles top 40 in strokes gain approach and uh 88th in strokes gains off the tee so not bad there for some important statistics at this course all right, Lenny, here we are, the 9,000 range, 9,000 to 9,900. Some good plays this week, as we see uh, most weeks, where there's only a few pl- uh, golfers above the 10,000. But this is where, uh, you know, like last week we spoke about where I know you even, you know, uh, did a lot of lineups where you just played Spieth and Louie there, where, you know, you, you, yeah. you spent a lot of your time there in the $9,000 range. Yeah, I, this is another week, I think, with the – I mean, I'm playing DJ at the top, but it's like I'm not like last week. I was kind of Rom was a guy I was definitely hedging my wagon to. I I'm perfectly fine with playing multiple guys in this 9K range. One guy that I really like is at the bottom here, Bubba Watson. And the last two tournaments, he's gained in all four major categories. So off the tee, approach, around the green, putting. He was playing great golf. And uh, he wasn't able to play the open because of just contact tracing and uh, with the COVID protocol, the RNA has a little bit different rules. Um, but I mean, coming off a T6, T19, you don't have to, if you're someone who's worried about, you know, oh, this guy's, you know, taking a flight all the way across the world, playing in another tournament the week after, you know, worrying about jet lag, worrying about time changes. He's someone you don't have to worry about. As far as I know, he didn't actually have COVID. It was just due to contact tracing. So, you know, I'm not sure the exact rules on where, um, what all he could do, but I would imagine he was still playing some golf, still practicing. And so I'm not too worried about that. And like I said, all four categories, last two tournaments, playing great. Maybe it's kind of like John Rahm. You know, you have that disappointment. You have to be taken out of the tournament, comes back the next week and wins. Um, so I'm kind of be going to be playing Bubba. He's one of the guys I like here at 9-1. Yeah, and we are all Bubba fans. If you say you're not a Bubba fan, you're a liar. Uh, <laughs> you know, the type of guy who uh, didn't take any professional lessons his entire life and just, you know, just just got it done down there in Florida. And we all have to pay respect to our to our boy Bubba. My 9,000 player here is Sergio Garcia. I'm going to the top of the price range as I went to the lower part. I guess I went to the lowest of the 10,000, but... Uh, this is because Sergio Garcia is one of the best off the tee on tour. He's second actually to our third, actually to just Bryson and Rom. Uh, you know, <laughs> we know what Bryson does off the tee and Rom is one of the best golfers in the entire world. So as previously mentioned, strokes gain off the tee is crucial in that year one, uh, 2018, 2019, it wasn't as much, but I still think it's crucial for this tournament as we see these, uh, low scores coming through, getting off the tee, getting yourself a good situation to go from there. Uh, beyond that, Garcia is top 60 on the tour in strokes and approach, and he's T14 in total Eagles on the tour. So a lot of good stuff here. Like I said, he's kind of pricey here at 9-9, but I did go low on Reed at 10-3. And as Lenny just said, I'm fine with just spending my time here in the 9,000 price range and, you know, going for two of these guys and, 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 and avoiding the top price range. Because last week that paid dividends. If you were to double up, say, a Garcia or, uh, excuse me, a Louie and, uh, and a Spieth, that really played out for you. He's someone who had a bad run of form with the Irons from like the Masters to the Byron Nelson. But 
don't have the open data here in front of me, but the last four in a row he's gained off the approach and off the tee. So I, I like him. He's someone I considered uh, kind of discussing here. But four straight top 20s. Oh, you love to playing, see that. Sergio playing some great golf right now. Love to see that. So here we are, the 8,000 price range, halfway through this run of things. And who do we have here, Lemmy? I am going to go with someone who I would say has a similar game to Sergio. That's Keegan Bradley. Um you know, just a good ball striker, good off the tee, good approach game. Just have to hope the putter gets hot with Keegan. That doesn't happen too often. Uh, but I think just how good he is off the tee in his approach game will take some of those bigger numbers out of the equation. I don't expect to see him too many sh- hitting too many shots in the water. Like we might see some guys. It, it's not necessarily a safer pick because you do need the putter to get hot and he's – not been great with the putter he had a good streak earlier this year um but you know i think you know just he's a little bit more of just any tournament you go to you play the ball strikers and you're gonna be you know in a good spot and that's kind of where i'm at with keegan this week yeah keegan is always a, a great bet here you're gonna find him in the middle of the price range of whatever tournament he plays in uh, you know, when we started this podcast, we had the ongoing joke where uh, wh- what are guaranteed things in life, what death and taxes and Keegan Bradley making a making a, a cut. I know he's missed some sense, but yeah, Keegan Bradley is always a great play here and just consistent ball striker and just plays the game so fluently that, you know, he doesn't make many mistakes and, and just gets himself into contention just be, by doing that. My 8,000 price range is a guy I've played before and Actually, I illegally used last week in one and done. That's Luke List. Uh, you know, our one and done uh, historian Sean didn't remind me that I have played Luke List prior to the season. So uh, I have to avoid my last week play with his T5 finish there at the bar, a Barbasol. But Luke List at 8 1, loved this value. He uh, not only did he have a T5, the Barbasol, what was he? I think he was like, oh, wow. he had a top five, six maybe at the John Deere. He's coming off a great form. Yeah, T4. yeah, T4 at John Deere. So two weeks in a row with top fives on the tour. He's 57th on tour in strokes and approach, 10th off the T and T5 in total Eagles. Checks all the boxes on a great form. Very good value at 8 1. And just playing some good golf right now. And I like him a lot. And Luke List, 8 1. You know, he's going to be in a lot of my lamps this week. Yeah, his. He's another guy, great ball striker, off the tee approach, pretty much gains every single week. Um, he's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine out of the last ten he's gained on approach and off the tee. I mean, you can't hate that. Yeah, um, whenever that happens, you, you can't really doubt that. And, you know, in a, in a course where off the tee is crucial and you have a guy uh, gaining strokes – uh, and what, what he's a nine of last 10, you, you can't go wrong with that, especially eight one. So love that value there. Uh, we're getting to our value place here at the 7,000 price range and Lenny, who are we playing here? Yeah, I'm going with someone off the top here. Seven, nine Hinkley Biota. Mainly it's just a three straight top tens. The putter is unbelievably hot. And it's kind of like, I'm going to need to see a reason not to play him at this point. There's not too many people in the world who can rattle off three 
straight top tens. Um, you know, like I said, it, with the bigger greens, the putter could come into play a little bit. And with Libiota, it's kind of one of those players where I look at that putter, big greens. I think he'll avoid a lot of the three putts. Hopefully he can sink in some long ones. But the approach game has been good lately. Um, so I'm just hoping that he can kind of keep this good run of form going. Yeah, we're here in the 7,000 price range. You have a guy with three straight top tens. I'm not going to de- you know, debate you on that. Uh, run of form is there. Everything is there. So might as well go with it. So my guy, Johnny Vegas, 7-5 here. Uh, when it comes to strokes game off the tee, this is where he makes his money. Off the tee with the drivers where Johnny Vegas is dangerous. And uh, if it is important this week, uh, he, he's going to be one to pay attention to. He's, you know, in what he's less known for as he's known for his driver and off the tee things. But what he's less known for is strokes uh, uh, approached. He has gained 2.1 in four of the last five tournaments at least. His putting is, you know, still inconsistent. But as a, as a guy who makes a living off doing other things, if he can get the ball to fall on the greens, you know, make a few uh, putts he normally wanted, keeps his irons hot and, you know, is the elite off the tee guy that he normally is, he could be dangerous this week. I think a 7-5 here, this guy could win it if everything falls in his favor this weekend. Uh, just just love what I got out of this value here. Yeah, Johnny Vegas has done me well in some tournaments this year, so hopefully uh, he does well for you. I like him. The approach game's been good lately, and like you said, off the tee, he's a monster. All right, so here we are. The final price range of what we'll talk about, 6900 and less, Lenny. Going a little bit deeper than I like, going at 6-3 West Roach. Kind of pulling a little bit here. He's made, made nine straight cuts. This is the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour. Obviously, two completely kind of different courses, different competition. However, Corn Ferry Tour tournaments are normally easier tournaments. You see some very low scores. So I think this will be kind of something similar to that. Like you mentioned, expect to see something 20 under par winning this. You know, off the tee has been good. Approach game has been okay. The thing that I kind of like and kind of hate, though, is if you just look at his stats, he can be super volatile with the putter. So I'm more just gambling that this is one of the weeks he gets very hot. He can gain a ton of strokes with the putter. He can lose a ton of strokes with the putter. So it's a little bit of a risk play, but I do like that nine straight made cuts, regardless of whatever tour you're playing on. If you can do that, it's a pretty good sign. Yeah, like you said, even as a corn fairy, nine straight cuts is nine straight cuts. Uh, it, it's hard to do. You're still playing professional golf, even as the corn fairy. Uh, love to see that, and anyone that that just the confidence in that as well. Even though if you're bumped to the PGA, it, it's going to ride with you, and you're going to play some good golf uh, no matter where you are. I'm going a little bit pricey here. 6-8 with Cameron Percy. He's made four straight cuts, so there's that. His highlight of that run was a T-11 at the John Deere. He's top 22 on the tour in strokes and approach, so a great ball striker. He's uh, not the best off the tee, but if you can find his fairways, let his irons do his things and, you know, drop some putts here or there, I can see a top 20, top 15 out of him this week. Uh, just playing those strong irons that he does. He's a you know top 22 in the world right now on the PGA Tour in iron play, which is phenomenal. So, yeah, things fall in his favor. 6-8 could be a, a great ran here for the Aussie. 
he's he's someone that I also considered, which could be bad, could be good based off my play lately. But he's another guy who I thought could have a good week this week as well. Yeah, and then we have the uh, the coveted strokes gain proximity course, and you know I'm glad I'm not you this week, Lenny, uh, as the founder of this stat because uh, we're in Minnesota this week, and you know no no disrespect to our Minnesota listeners if there's any of you out there, but man, it's got to be hard being a professional golfer coming from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, so for this week we have Eric Van Royen, and um, last week was Richard Bland. He made the cut. I think he finished 67th, so he was kind of a deeper pick. Not exactly what we wanted, but Van Royen, someone who hasn't been terrific this year, but he's someone who went to U of M, went to University of Minnesota. He was one of the best golfers in like the history of University of Minnesota. He's like top 15 in all their historical stats. So. You know, you got to think that he's got a little bit of love for Minnesota. Hopefully he's going to come out, have a really good week this week. Um, What's his price? 7-4. So he's kind of at the lower end. Um, But you know what? I think think Van Royen can do it. Coming off quite a few missed cuts in a row. So, you know, it's a bit of a a dive for him. But I have faith. I have faith he kind of gets those good Minnesota vibes back. All right, yeah, like you said there, with the Minnesota link to things, it's kind of hard to to find a tie there. But here we are, the SGPTC. So move on. Here's the one and done. Last week, it appears. Let's see. I mean, it's hard to to. I think if we were to to total it, you had Kepka and Power. Uh, so you had a total of about yeah. mm, a mil basically a gained. Yeah. So I would say you won that week. Then Sean had Rom and Rogers, so he had probably about what eight hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. And I had Rory in the, my illegal play of list, so about thirty three thousand. So you've basically caught up to me, and Sean still is uh, now even further ahead of us. So yeah, uh, we uh, we need to find a way to take him down. Yeah, we do have to do that. So I guess I get my pick of this week. I don't know what to do here. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm carefully analyzing the list. So I don't double up on golfers again. All right, I'm going to go Sergio Garcia this week. I think this is a week that he does well and just love his style for this course. So there's that. And Lenny, that means you're up. This week, we're going Bubba, going Bubba Watson, one of the guys I like. I think he's a good play. Um, so, yeah, playing Bubba. All right, and Sean has gone Matthew Wolf. Uh, I think he what one eighteen uh, the first year at this tournament, so uh, yeah. a former winner for Wolf. So for our sake, we hope Wolf misses the cut, and uh, you know our guys uh, I mean, go ahead and win so we can, we can close good. that I gap. Think, I think Wolf won, and then in nineteen finished like twelfth. So he's got a good history. Yeah, here, he, his game really fits this course really well. So, uh, unfortunately, Matthew Wolf, someone I do like, for our sake, we're going to be rooting against him this week. Let's hope so, because he, if if, if Sean keeps pulling ahead of us, there's going to be no catch at him. I know we have a lot of golf left in this season, but yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, here we are. We have the 3M this week. Let's see. Next week, we, we go to the WGC, uh, the FedEx the Olympics. Saints. The Olympics first. 
Oh, we do have the Olympics between there. Yeah, so next week would be the Olympics. Um, are, are, do we know if we'll have a, have any DraftKings sure. or anything? I'm not sure if there will be DraftKings. There's outright bets already out there. So if anything, we can have a small little outright bet show and talk about some outright bets we like, some maybe some placements and prop bets. I'm not sure if they're going to have a DraftKings for the Olympics, so. Well, we'll have to uh, we'll have to see what next week brings, and you know, check your check your sub boxes wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you're following the show. Uh, we're under We Know Fantasy, but out of the rough is a show on that network. So wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you're subscribed so you get the latest of when we do drop a podcast, whatever it will be next week. But again, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, this is another show here, uh, out of the rough. And until next time, guys, we'll see you.